adventure in the wild, vast reaches of space. Missions of daring in the name of interplanetary justice. Travel into the future with Buzz Corey, Commander-in-Chief of the Space Patrol. In today's transcribed Space Patrol adventure, Buzz and Happy are captives aboard a spaceship from another galaxy. In a desperate attempt to warn the United Planets of an attack, the two Space Patrollers are trying to master the bewildering controls of the space in the strange ship. Gee, Commander, it certainly doesn't look like any transmitter I ever saw before. I think you've got it, Hap. Don't touch anything else. Make the call. Look, the rockets come in. Look. A robot. A robot sent in to stop us. He's a monster. And he's coming right for us. Get the call out, Hap. I'll try to hold that thing off. Space patrol. Uh, emergency. All units. Hey, 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 got me, Commander. <laughs> Corey and Cadet Happy are in the commander's central office on the man-made planet Terra, preparing to leave on a mission to Neptune. Their departure is delayed by the arrival of Edwin Westfall, head of the Planetoid Mineral Corporation, who insists that his business is extremely urgent. What's your problem, Mr. Westfall? Well, uh, one of my field engineers has disappeared. Uh, another one. Was that Cadet? There have been other disappearances recently. Uh, give me the details on your engineer. Uh, his name is Link Cronin. He was on loan in the scout ship, making tests for minerals on Saturn's fifth moon. I see. We haven't been able to contact Cronin for two days. My own ships have made a search of moon number five. There's no sign of Cronin or his scout ship. Commander, I think Cronin has met with foul play. Happy, get me file number M56. Yes, sir. Mr. Westfall. Within the last two weeks, five persons have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. These reports have come from Jupiter, Venus, Mars, Earth, and Neptune. Here's the file, Commander. Thanks, Matt. The five cases in this file, Mr. Westfall, concern two women and three men. They're of different ages, different occupations. All were in good health, had no worries or enemies. Yet they all mysteriously disappeared. Oh, it's very interesting. But what has this to do with Cronin? Perhaps nothing. But it might ease your mind to know that in every case... These people have reappeared completely unharmed near the place where they vanished. Now, Mr. Westfall, if you'll excuse us, Cadet Happy and I are about to blast off for Neptune to investigate the latest case. Meantime, I'll order a search for Cronin. Very well, Commander. Come on, Happy, let's get to the spaceport. During the long trip from Terra to Neptune, Buzz makes frequent checks with Saturn's space patrol concerning the mysterious disappearance of Link Cronin from Saturn's moon number five. Again and again, the report comes back. No contact. I've got a theory that might explain Cronin and the others, Commander. Yes, sir? Well, maybe there's a new type of sickness, a fever going around that makes people wander off and not remember where they went. Edwin Westfall, this is Morris Office of Planetoid Mineral Corporation, calling Commander Corey aboard the Terra 5. Westfall calling Commander Corey. He's probably checking up to see if anybody has found Cronin. Go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Westfall. Oh, you found him? No, not exactly. I heard from him by space phone. What happened to him? Well, he won't tell me. He wants to contact you personally. What about? I don't know. He gave me a message to give you. He'll contact you by space phone in exactly 2200 universal star time. On 561.8 megacycles. Where is he? He won't tell me that either. There is something very strange going on, Commander. Are you sure it was Cronin? Yes, it was him, all right. 
voice sounded a little strange, but it was undoubtedly Cronin. That frequency was 561.8 megacycles? Yeah. All right, Mr. Westfall. I'll be ready for his call. Corey out. It sounds like Cronin's in trouble. It was Cronin. Well, it's about 2135. You've got 25 minutes to wait. Five six one point eight megacycles, Happy. Yes, sir. Hey, what's that? Hope nobody's trying to jam Cronin's wavelength. I can't filter it out, Commander. Lake Cronin calling Commander Corey. Lake Cronin to Commander Corey. Corey here. Where are you, Cronin? Do not ask questions. Just listen. My life depends on your obeying these instructions. Do you understand? Go ahead. It is useless to attempt to trace the source of this message. Waste no time. Proceed at once to Jupiter Moon number four. You hear? Jupiter four. Land your ship near the center of sector R-16 on Jupiter four. Leave your ship and walk 300 yards due east of your landing point. Is that clear? Yes. How many are aboard your ship But listen, Cronin, what's this all about? No questions, please. If you value my life, answer truthfully. How many are aboard the Terra 5? Two. Who's the other? Did that happen? Both of you leave the ship. No one is to be aboard to interfere or to send a space support warning. Do you promise? Under the circumstances, yes. This is most important. You are to have no weapons with you. Only if all these conditions are carried out will I be released unharmed. Is that understood? Yes, Cronin. Then proceed to Jupiter 4. Do not attempt to set a trap. I give my word. He cut off, Commander. Did you get a fix? No, sir. Signal seemed to come from all directions at once. Hey, do you suppose that peculiar sound blanked out our direction detector? Probably. Cut the receiver, Ham. Uh, I wonder who's got Cronin and what they're up to. I'd like to alert the Jupiter Space Patrol, but we'll wait till we get Cronin back safely. Set a vector for Jupiter's fourth moon. And so, keeping a careful viewscope check for strange spaceships, Buzz and Happy head for the fourth moon of Jupiter. Following Cronin's instructions, Commander Corey sets the Terra 5 down in the exact center of Sector R-16, a barren, almost level expanse of rock between two enormous craters. Now, in their spacesuits, Buzz and Happy pace off 300 yards eastward from their spaceship. 96, 97, 98, 99, 300. Well, now that we're here, what now? Just have to wait it out, Happy. We followed instructions. Commander, look. That glow, almost straight overhead. It's a spaceship, all right, but where did it come from? It popped right out of the blackness, like a meteor. Hey, maybe it is a meteor. Well, a meteor wouldn't glow like that. There's no atmosphere to ignite it. Hey, look at it come. Hey, it's going to crash right on top of us. Hope that pilot knows what he's doing. The sound. It's the same one we heard in the ship. Probably jamming our spacesuit transmitters. But I can hear you okay, Commander. Sure, as long as we're close together. It's better start decelerating. He doesn't want to spread himself and us all over this road. He's coming out of it now, Happy. Yeah. I guess he's going to land between us and our ship. What kind of a ship is that? Shaped like a dome. I don't see any rocket blasts or even any exhaust openings. Well, it's landed. Now what? Happy, there's no ship like that in the solar system. I'm beginning to wish I'd sneaked a weapon along. It's probably just as well that we didn't. No viewports, no openings, just a smooth dome. Hey, something's happening. The hatch is sliding open. Yeah, and they're lowering a ramp. 
Hey, come in. I got the weirdest feeling. It, it's... Well, I feel... Well, let's face it, I'm scared. Chances are whoever's in that ship is frightened, too. Well, why should they be? After all, we're just two unarmed men. Someone in that ship is frightened of the same thing you are, Happy. The unknown. The unknown? That ship is not from our solar system. Well, what about Cronin? If he's aboard, well, why doesn't he come out? Perhaps we're supposed to come aboard and get him. You mean go inside that thing? I wonder what it looks like on the inside. We'll never know if we just stand here. Come on. I'm beginning to wonder if, if that was Cronin we heard. How would aliens from another solar system know about Cronin's disappearance unless they had something to do with it? And Westfall was sure it was Cronin. Yeah, that's right. Keep walking half up the ramp into the ship. Yes, sir. Watch your step. The ramp is very smooth. We have a handrail on it, so somebody's likely to get hurt. There's an awfully low ceiling in here. Was this an airlock or what? Hey, come out of the hatch is closing. We're going to get out of here. Oh, too late. Just stand still and relax, Happy. Don't show any alarm. Someone may be watching us, sizing us up. I don't doubt that. I've got the strangest feeling. Have to check the atmosphere detector on your seatbelt. What does it show? There's air in the ship. Pure. Up to normal pressure. It's safe to open our face pieces. All right. I'll be ready to close your helmet in a hurry. Seems okay, Commander. Yes. The temperature's comfortable, too. I wish somebody would show up and say, hello, get out, or something. Well, let's try the direct approach. Cronin. Link Cronin, are you aboard? No answer. Check your space phone transmitter off, Happy. Perhaps our hosts are afraid we'll tip off the space patrol. Yes, sir. I'm Commander Corey. I follow instructions. I've kept my word. Where is Link Cronin? Link Cronin is aboard and safe. Hey, where's that voice coming from? Must be an amplifier on that panel, Happy. We're waiting for you to release Cronin. Link Cronin will be returned to the place from which he was taken. Why can't we take him with us now? That is not the plan. He will be returned to the place of disappearance, as were the others. The others? The human beings from Neptune, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Earth. Who are you? Where are you from? I am Zervox. I come from a planet in a remote galaxy. A galaxy known in your star charts as Galaxy 9. Is he kidding? That's a million light years away. For this ship and those that will follow, it is a short journey of a few hundred of your hours. Smoking rockets. Zervak, what's your purpose in coming here? It was my good fortune to find this solar system with planets that can support my race. Naturally, the present inhabitants must be destroyed. Present inhabitants? That means us. Exactly. Our forces must know what weapons you have to fight us. We must know your strength and weakness. Commander Corey, that is why you are here. I'm not going to tell you anything, Zervok. You have no choice. There is a device on this ship similar to what you call a brainograph. 
only much more efficient. I will extract from your mind all the knowledge it possesses. Then my race can safely and speedily destroy yours. instructions of Link Cronin, a mining engineer who had mysteriously disappeared, Mars and Happy landed their spaceship on the barren surface of Jupiter's fourth moon. Soon, a strange dome-shaped craft zoomed in using some unknown power of propulsion. When the hatch opened in the hull of the ship and the missing Cronin failed to appear, Mars and Happy boarded the craft. Suddenly, the hatch closed and the space patrollers heard a voice from an amplifier. The unseen occupant of the ship claims to be Zervok a member of a race that inhabits a remote galaxy. Zervok is in the solar system to obtain information on weapons and defenses so that ships from Galaxy 9 can easily conquer the United Planets. Right now, their minds alert for a possible means of escape, Mars and Happy engage the galactic visitor in conversation. Zervok, judging by your ship, you come from a very intelligent race. Extremely intelligent, Commander. And surely you don't have to resort to war and destruction in order to obtain planets for your people to live on? Zervak, can't we talk face-to-face like civilized human beings? Why do you assume that I am a human being? Gosh, what are you? I am of the Crowny race. The most highly evolved form of life in Galaxy 9. Well, uh... Congratulations. Actually, Zervak, is there any reason why you have to carry on this conversation to an amplifier? Surely you aren't afraid of us. Afraid? No. But if I were to appear before you, you might be tempted to try something foolish. Yeah? What makes you think so? I am judging by the reaction of two of the first human beings I captured. A female on the planet Earth and a male from Venus. They tried to attack me, and I was forced to render them helpless, thus delaying the information I needed. Naturally, I wiped the memory of that meeting from their minds by electronic means before I returned them to their home planet. Oh, so that's why none of these people who disappeared could tell what had happened to them. Yes. Surely there must be other planets in this galaxy, or in others, that... That you could migrate to planets that aren't inhabited by intelligent races. This solar system is ideal for our purpose. Why should we seek another? All that is necessary after you human beings are destroyed is to manufacture our own atmosphere on various moons of Jupiter, Saturn, and Earth. Manufacture atmosphere? What's wrong with what we've got? The crowny finally existing atmospheres of all your planets quite poisonous. That is why I'm keeping you carefully sealed off in a separate compartment. If the Crowley can only use the barren moons, why destroy our people? Why not leave our planets alone? As alien invaders of your solar system, our presence would be resented. Rather than live under the threat of retaliation, we will first destroy you. But Zervon... It is not wise for my ship to remain on the surface of this moon any longer. One of your space patrol ships may observe us. I will now blast off, as you call it, to a safe position outside the Pluto orbit. Galaxy 9 streaks out into space. 
The force of the acceleration renders Parson Happy unconscious. When they regain their senses, they find themselves in a different compartment. Now the powerful stellar drive of the spaceship has been cut off. Still in their spacesuits, Buzz and Happy dazedly sit up and look around the utterly silent compartment. As their vision begins to clear, Happy groans. Oh, my head. Commander, you suppose we've been brainographed? No, not yet. Hey. I suppose you're Link Cronin. Yeah, that's right. I came out of the blackout just before you did. Sorry I had to get you into this, Commander. Commander, we've been moved to a different part of the ship. Yes, I wonder how we got here. The robot probably did the job. The robot? Yeah, that's how Zerbach captured those other people. The ship rushes down and lands. Out comes a robot, grabs up the victim, and goes back into the ship. That's what happened to me. Cronin, are you aware of what Zerbach plans to do? Yes. Destroy every human being in the solar system. I wanted to warn you, Commander, when I was on the space phone, but I couldn't. All I could remember at the time was what Zerbach told me to say. Well, we've got to get out of here. We've got to know who we're fighting. This Zerbach, have you seen him? No, I've only seen the robot. Frankly, I have a feeling I don't want to see Zerbach. I wonder what he looks like. Well, that robot might be a clue. When we make robots, we pattern them after ourselves with necessary mechanical adaptations, of course. Well, what does this robot look like? Well, it's about seven feet tall. Wow, a giant. Yes, but that doesn't mean Zerbach and the Crowley race are large. Judging by the placement of the few instruments I've seen here in the ship, Zerbach is small. Good deduction, Commander. The robot was probably made large so it could handle human beings. Cronin, where's the spacophone you used? It's in the next compartment, but I can't get back in there. I've tried it. Well, let's try again. Whether we escape from Zerbach or not, we've got to warn the space patrol about this invasion by the Crowley. This door doesn't seem to have any latch or lock on it, sir. Well, look down lower. No, it's all perfectly smooth. Maybe it operates by remote control. Oh, wait a minute. There's a small disc set flush with the door panel. I can't turn it. Try pressing it. See, it worked. There's a door sliding back. Now, Cronin, where is it? Space phone's over there, Commander. Build it to the bulkhead. Do you remember how to operate this space phone? The robot did this. He, uh, he turned that disc over there. I turn it, Happy. Yes, Commander, this certainly doesn't look like any transmitter I ever saw before. I think you've got it, Hap. Don't touch anything else. I'll make the call. Smoke and rockets, Commander. Look. The robot. Zerbert sent him to stop us. It's a call out, Happy. I'll try to hold that thing off. Space patrol. Emergency. All units. I can't hold it, Happy. Space patrol. Be on the alert for an invasion from Galaxy 9. Hey, hey. The robot's got me. Joking me. You should not have tried to use that space phone. You human beings are powerless against the giant crowny robot. Attention all space patrol units. This is Commander Corey. It is another galaxy. It is useless, Commander. I have cut off the space phone at the master control in the center of the ship. And now you will be subjected to the brainograph probe. giant robot carries Buzz and Happy to another part of the alien spaceship. They are placed side by side on a table under a complex machine, and the robot rapidly adjusts the controls. Buzz and Happy try to struggle, but a wave of numbness creeps over their bodies, and they fall into a deep sleep. When they open their eyes, they're still lying on the table before Zervok's phrenograph, but the robot is nowhere in sight. Then from the amplifier, they hear the voice of the alien from Galaxy 9. It is all over, Commander Corey. 
The ship is now back on Jupiter's fourth moon. I have all the information I need about your weapons and defenses. When I relay this data to Galaxy 9, the Crowny Task Force will have no trouble in conquering your solar system. I wouldn't be too sure, Zovak. Where's Cronin? He has already been returned to his spaceship. Hey, listen, Zervak. Uh, suppose a space patrol ship sees this dome-shaped job of yours uh, before you get out of the solar system. I can elude them with ease, Cadet. And if not, well, your space patrol will never capture me or this ship. What makes you so sure? If anything happens to me, which is unlikely, this ship will be destroyed. I shall vanish, taking the secret of Crowley's plan of conquest with me. But I have no fear of that. Having probed into your minds, I know that you human beings have no weapons that could overpower me. How will you get that information back to Galaxy 9? I shall deliver it in person, after you are released. Now you will be returned to your spaceship. I must now set up the proper action pattern in the robot's control unit. So, I will bid you goodbye until we meet again. Oh, gee, Commander, looks like there's nothing we can do. No, so we might as well stop worrying. Let's check our spacesuits. We'll be ready when the robot appears to take us to Terra 5. Turn around. I want to adjust your oxygen equipment. Yes, sir. Don't remark anything I do. Zervok may be listening. Yes, sir. I'm removing one of your oxygen containers, Hat. I'll keep me covered when the robot shows up. Here it comes now. I mean, here it comes. Commander, the robot will escort you to your ship. Go with him. All right, Zervok. Come on, Happy, let's go. In parting, I will say that your behavior is admirable for a human being. Like the crawny of Galaxy 9, you accept the inevitable with good grace. Once more, goodbye. The giant robot lifts Buzz and Happy and carries them out of the alien ship and across the surface of Jupiter's fourth moon to the Terra 5. Once again inside their own ship, they look out through the viewport as the robot shuffles back to Zervok's dome-shaped craft. There goes the robot up the ramp. Hey. Hey, what's the thing dangling on its back? I put it there. It's your spare oxygen bottle. It isn't fastened very securely. I hope it doesn't drop off before the robot gets back to the ship. Well, but, Commander, well, why did... I get it. Robots in the ship and the hatch is closing. Do you think it'll work, Commander? Our only chance. The Zervok only gets in the same compartment of the robot before all that oxygen leaks out of the container. Commander Corey. Zervok are in the space upon half. Corey here. Go ahead, Zervok. My robot has returned. He's standing before me now. In a moment, I shall order him to turn on the... Zervok's ship just blew up. He kept his word, Hap. 
He used his last bit of energy to destroy his ship rather than be captured. Isn't it strange, sir? We need oxygen in order to live and to knock him unconscious. Yes, happy, strange, and fortunate for us. Uh, Commander, uh, well, these Crowley, uh, like Zervat, we know they're not human, but I wonder what they look like. That's something we'll never find out. And now, an action preview of next week's exciting Space Patrol story. Buzz and Happy are climbing a steep mountain on the planet Venus in pursuit of a criminal. We're on his trail, all right, Commander. See? This is where he dug a foothold. Watch your step, Happy. It's a 2,000 foot drop at the cliff. I think I'd better rest a minute, sir. It's getting dizzy. Everything's getting dark. I know it's the same thing, but it's not dizziness. My head's perfectly clear. Look at the sun. I can hardly see it. Hey, it must be an eclipse. Venus doesn't have a moon. There can't be an eclipse. Smoke look, it's pitch dark. This is Logan's work. He's got the blackout beating on us. If we try to move another inch in this darkness, we'll drop into the castle. Join us again next week for this thrilling adventure with the Space Patrol. <laughs>